This episode is supported by Tonic.ai. Creating quality test data for data scientists is a complex, never-ending chore that eats into valuable technical resources. Random data doesn't do it, and production data is not safe or legal for data scientists or developers to use. What if you could mimic your entire production database to create a realistic dataset with zero sensitive data? Tonic AI does exactly that. With Tonic, you can generate fake data that looks, acts, and behaves like production because it's made from production. Tonic integrates seamlessly into your existing pipelines and allows you to shape and size your data to the scale, realism, and degree of privacy that you need. Your newly mimicked datasets are safe to share with developers, QA, data scientists, and even distributed teams around the world. Shorten development cycles, eliminate the need for cumbersome data pipeline work, and mathematically guarantee the privacy of your data with tonic.ai. This is the sound of turning ideas into software. This is the sound of engineering and passion. Work. Work more. Work harder. Experiment. Build. Break. And build again. Write code. Improve it. Job done. Celebrate. Insurance, finance, retail, defense, robotics, energy. Amethics. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of Amethics Technologies based in Belgium. Today, I'm not alone. I am with uh, Max Swally, Chief Business Officer at OmniKey. Uh, OmniKey is an AI platform that generates analysis and uh, optimizes personalized advertisement for people, of course. <laughs> uh, hi, Matt. How are you doing today? Hi, Francesco. So excited to be here with you today. <laughs> Likewise, because we're going to speak about something extremely interesting today, uh, which is, of course, how can we use data uh, and learn something from data in order to create personalized experiences? Am I right? That is right. Yes. OmniKey is an AI platform in the marketing technology sector, and we analyze with computer vision what's working within ads for conversions. And then we generate tons of iterations at scale to continue learning from the, the what's working today and uh, improve performance through through data and analytics. Yeah, that's a, a, a nice introduction. Of course, we'll have a, a lot of time to explain and get into details how you guys do that, what exactly you guys do. Uh, the first question probably I would like to ask is, uh, what do you actually uh, mean by experiences? What kind of experiences? Sure. So when we say experiences, the attention span of consumers are, is getting shorter and shorter. And why I say this is technology is enabling all these new platforms. And um, it's crucial for today and experiences meeting a customer and communicating in a way that's effective to, to them and meeting them where they want to meet. And when we say experiences, it, it continues to change. But what we do is we analyze data from conversions from an analytics standpoint. We plug in with all the different ad platforms for this data and we layer on computer vision to find out what's resonating today on the algorithms. And then we generate ads that are delivered personalized to the end users. 
And from our perspective in digital advertising, targeting within the, the walled gardens of ad platforms is becoming more and more restricted. And the algorithms are amazing and so smart, and they know the end users better than anyone else. They keep that personal information within the walled gardens of the ad platforms. And creative is now the main distribution point of, of sales. So the algorithms recognize what's, what's within ads, and then it's distributed to who they believe it's a good fit for. Like they know if Francesco likes basketball, for example, or all the likes, and they now, what Omniki does is we give fuel to the fire and let the algorithms go to work within the ad platforms. I see. So that's definitely something tailored to the specific user uh, or more to a group of individuals uh, out there that share maybe my my passion or my uh, activities. Yeah, the one thing I was saying with like the attention span shortening too, like there are all these different advertising mediums that weren't available to everyone years ago. Today, you can you can be advertising as a small business or a mid-market enterprise across connected TV, in-game advertising. So it's crucial to, your customers are moving between all these channels. So it's crucial today for companies to be able to go follow their customers to these platforms. Well, I'm pretty sure you guys are using something, you know, probably kind of the state of the art of, you know, NLP and computer vision out there. We have seen and we have sp been speaking about deep learning models doing uh, very similar things when it comes to, uh, you know, images and videos and text. Uh, I believe that you combine all these technology under one platform uh, in order to uh, manipulate and uh, process uh, signals coming from different uh, parts of the world, right? Right. So we plug into all the different ad platforms. And what Amiki has is this analytics dashboard. It's a single pane of glass where customers can go view all performance metrics for conversions across all the different ad platforms. We use this internally as well, but it's anonymized data. And what we do is we layer on computer vision. We look at text, copy, videos, all the different entities are auto tagged on our platform. And then based on the different conversion metric like impressions or click-through rate or cost per sale or cost per registration, our platform automatically updates and tells us which specific entities, text, media features, are leading to that performance today on the algorithms. One major thing to note, Francesco, is that the algorithms are constantly changing. And today's performance won't be the same as 30 days, 60 days, 90 days from now. So you have to be look, working off the most current data and iterating on what you're seeing from each ad and how it's reaching the end users. And that's what OmniKey does, is we find, bring that analytics approach, figure out what's working, and um, the ad platforms decide if they want to distribute it effectively. So we're basically allowing and giving fuel to customers to generate enough multivariate tests to get distributed more effectively and in turn lead to higher return on investment. Well, I have uh, one more question about the typical user. Who's, who's the typical user of OmniKey? Sure. So we have uh, some of our customers that find the most value in working with us are software as a service, fintech, crypto, HR tech, insure tech, and e-commerce. And within those companies, it's primarily growth stage companies today. So ones that have capital available with lean teams that don't have the expertise or the heavy creative in-house teams that can, can generate ads at scale. OmniKey is a direct plug-in, a complement to their team 
where we can get them up and running on new platforms within three to five days using our technology um, to generate ads and the integrations where we can actually generate the ads and have them all the way loaded into each ad platform for the customer. And then it's a constant data loop where we're looking at the current performance and then generating ads from what we're seeing in the data today. Well, still on the customer side, like how does the workflow uh, goes? Like imagine I am a client, a customer, in fact, I would log in, well, sign uh, on uh, the platform. Uh, what else am I supposed to do? Connect all my social media accounts? I mean, you, 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 you go for it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so on day one, we plug in, if they have historical data, we plug into each of the ad platforms. So right away, we have a visibility into what historically has been working. And then we layer on the computer vision. So then we have a good starting point. The customer uses our digital asset management tool to upload their brand assets, brand guidelines, and any images, videos that have that are raw. And then our, t- our technology begins generating lots of iterations of ads And we have an approval dashboard for the customer where they go view the ads and they can actually annotate directly on the ads. Um, We can issue logins for multiple users, including like their legal team or their chief marketing officer if they want to sign off on everything. And once we've confirmed the ads are good to go, the, the customer clicks approve and they're taken into the ad platforms. So we ensure a consistent brand experience across all channels. And ultimately, the customer is still in control of their brand although we are generating ads for them with their brand assets or assets available. So when you say we are going to check if the ads is uh, appropriate, you mean there is manual intervention from your side? So we have, uh, so when we generate an ad, we're taking insights from computer vision and from AI. And then we have, we actually have a marketplace of creators that help put the finishing touches on the ads and make sure they meet the standards. And then the customer has to go review the ads and if they have feedback, they type it on the approval dashboard. And then ultimately, we make those finishing touches with our creator team. And once they're happy and approve the ads, the ads are automatically launched. So ultimately, the company is always in control of what's going on into the ad platforms. Right. Yeah, that's amazing because, in fact, you are using machine learning as a support, uh, you know, to provide support to the final decision that's still in the hand of of creators and of humans, at least for for now. <laughs> well, they say that creativity is something that it's quite hard to uh, to get a machine uh, for, right? Like a, a deep learning model that is also creative is kind of still uh, not that feasible. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to cover one more thing on that, if, if you don't mind. Sure. So we take all the data, the high, so we run regression analysis within our, our analytics platform. It's telling us what are the highest performing keywords? What are the media features that resonate with customers? And then we use two other, well, one other major form of technology that everyone's very aware of here called GPT-3. So we're taking these highest performing keywords and it helps us write copy, tons of iterations of potential copy that's used in our ads um, with the highest performing keywords today. So that's that's a huge turning point. And then the second is we're working on integrating Dolly 2, um, where we're going to be able to use those keywords and media features and actually be able to generate images instantly or in real time. That, that are, So there's this exciting point in technology where it's advancing. And right now, like there's this ter- tipping point that is just going to really enable fast, generative, creative that's more personalized for the end user. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And we have been speaking about GPT-3 uh, a, a few times on this show. And uh, it's always nice to have, you know, another, you know, the opportunity to find someone from a commercial space that is actually using these things that are, you know, we have discussed when they were just academic projects or, you know, just papers published somewhere on archive. Uh, and so now, you know, this stuff is actually in the business, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, Matt. I'm uh, I'm still uh, very curious about um, the most common sector that appreciates this kind of technology uh, for advertising. Sure, the most common sector. Uh, I would say, like I said, we've had a lot of success in fintech and SaaS. So what we're doing is we're generating. Number one, depending on the stage of a company, they have different goals. So some of our, our companies that are earlier in the in the scaling process, we're driving awareness. So for these customers, we're driving awareness of their brand, things like that. Later stage, a lot of it is B2, it's B2B lead generation, for example, or raising money. And what OmniKey does is we generate ads depending on the conversion metric for these companies. And we improve lead generation by getting the, the creative generation distributed better and more effectively to the end users that are going to convert. And then one other thing to note too, venture capital has been on fire the last couple of years. I don't want to talk on today, but there's so much venture capital out there um, and so many companies out there in, in these different spaces, SaaS and FinTech, for example, that have to hit these ambitious growth goals and they don't know how to do it. So that's where OmniKey enables growth. Um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And also you already mentioned that these metrics keep changing. So in fact, there is no formula that you can set today and it's going to stay the same forever right you know this is a very dynamic world uh and i think that only automated tools can can deal with that in fact it is not really not stuff for human yeah. right francesco the other good thing is multi you have to multivariate test within each platform but then across platforms like if you're not finding out if you can get lower costs for acquisition across these other channels that cost semi the same amount of money to scale through it I mean, you have to be constantly doing this as new channels become available. And us at OmniKey are looking at all the emerging channels and we're building out integrations as soon as we can so we can help our meet our, our customers, meet their customers where they want to be. You know. Amazing. And now that you mentioned integration, uh, you know, what type of data integration do you perform and from which sources? So today we, we are only integrating with the ad platforms data. So we plug in with all the different ad platforms. We build out a direct integration with them. And the data is anonymized, so but we're still getting data into the computer vision insights of what's resonating for each conversion. The main data issue we have sometimes is sparsity, where we don't have enough data for someone early to advertising. So there's outliers. So we have to recommend like a, a minimum amount of spend or a minimum amount of ads running prior before we can actually pull out data and insights, which is still a small quantity, um, but that's the main thing. And then our the customers and the platforms own the data for us, so which is which is a positive for scaling across the world. Well, I believe that for those uh, first cam, uh, you know, newcomers, uh, there might be some similarity with the existing clients, maybe, and some profiles that can be, I guess, uh, found from from the database where you know other clients show similar metrics or similar profiles. Could that be? So the good thing about launching across all the, having the integrations with all these channels is we ha have an idea for verticals or ideal customer profile when we're talking with a customer. 
Um, and we know which channels are a good potential focus to go test on. We Data is not shared across customers. We look at it with each customer individually and what we're seeing through the data, but we definitely can recommend based on who the ideal customer is and what's a good channel to go test. And then we're constantly iterating on Interesting. That. Uh, Matt, who owns the data? Like uh, in Europe, there is a, a ton of regulation, <laughs> of course, GDPR being just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, but uh, after such data is integrated, I mean, in fact, the single source, uh, I, I believe, uh, is owned still by the client, the, the, the end user. And uh, uh, the, the provider is usually considered the custodian of, of such data. What happens in your case after the uh, the integration has occurred? So the the platform still on the, the the we don't have access to any of the the PII. Um, so the platforms own the data and the customer owns all the data. And with fifty percent of our customers, actually, we're we're providing the analytics and creative and computer vision insights. But we're not even at, a lot of times like our integrations with the platform is we'll generate tons of. Aver- digital advertisements at scale for them and they go into the platforms and their teams are actually managing the other aspect of the, the media buying. So it's a good, it's a great situation. And ultimately the platforms are the ones that have to comply with all these different regulations before they publish an ad. So it's a, it's a perfect setup for us. I see. So by saying that you're essentially confirming the fact that there should not be any privacy concern you know, even after during, uh, even after the integration, because indeed there's no PII in any of the sources that you are, uh, are integrating, and so uh, you know there's not no PII anywhere in your in your pipeline. Right, not in our setup because each platform is is a well garden and they're controlling the information that we. Right, personally, I, I understand. Well, thanks for explaining this. I mean, uh, privacy and privacy concerns on this show have been uh, quite important, especially in the last year year and a half. Uh, you know, after all the Facebook scandals and and fake news and manipulation, so it's always good to clarify such things because I understand how many folks out there are very attentive to uh, privacy issues and privacy concerns with data integration uh, and uh, and analytics. Um, Matt, what's the tech stack? Because uh, you are, I mean, OmniKey, in fact, is uh, running pretty massive models when it comes to NPT, like. Uh, GPT-3, for example, is notoriously uh, known to have billions of parameters. Uh, and so you need good machines there. <laughs> What's your tech stack, if you can share, of course? Sure. So for a cloud perspective, we're running AWS, Azure, and GCP. We're using GPT-3 and Dolly 2, soon to be Dolly 2, and machine learning algorithms. And then we're using Vue.js, Python, and PHP. Okay. Interesting. So it's a pretty uh, diverse stack, technology stack. Uh, I believe it's uh, you know you you get the best of all, best of both worlds when it comes to flexibility and performance. Uh, how about the team? Uh, how many people are on board? So we have around forty-five oh, wow. people on board and around eight full-time, and we've grown a ton over the past like say ninety days. So about grown probably at least close to fifty percent over the last six months. So. Really exciting time at Omniki, and we bring a really, a really diverse, unique skill um, team to the table. One is Hikari Senju, is our founder and CEO. He is the most amazing and driven leader I've ever worked for, and I've been around a lot of amazing leaders. So I've, I've lo- I'm really enjoying um, being part of this team. He he comes from a com- Harvard computer science background, and 
he founded his first startup at Harvard, which was funded through an, a, a Harvard Innovation Award. And he sold it to yup.com, at education startup, connecting tutors with students. And he, was, he became the head of growth. And during that time, when he was the head of growth, he realized there's this huge problem out there um, that bit, small businesses and mid-market enterprises don't know how to use this growth lever. And we can use AI and technology to enable growth for all. And the other interesting thing to mention about Hikari is his dad is a well-known artist and his grandpa was an IBM executive. <laughs> so he is this convergence of design and art and it's the perfect fit. And, and with someone so driven and everything is the exact type of founder that we know, chances are we're going to succeed and we know we will. And then second, our second, some a couple other team members, one is, is Aaron, he's the COO and co-founder. He brings a production background, so he knows what good looks like from a art and design perspective as we continue to improve the product. And our CTO has an AI background, so he's scaled multiple different AI companies. Um, and so, and he knows how to do this, he's done it before. And then for the rest of the team, it's interesting. So one other thing to note here is that um, we're hiring for customer success and marketing people with masters in business IT or Harvard grads. So they're very knowledgeable from a data standpoint and help drive, develop the product. I see. And indeed with so much diversity, how does communication go? <laughs> uh, well, a lot of it's async because we have teams all over the world. I didn't mention this, but we have a team in India. We have some in Japan. Um, we have some in the UK. So we, we, uh, we use async communication a lot for, which is, which is an experience, but every, I've led quite a few teams. I, I at AT and T, I actually supported the global business unit uh, leader as a chief of staff, where we had teams all over the world. And what you realize is culture is different, like you said, everywhere, and you really have to help to understand it and try to communicate in a way yeah. um, that you both um, can excel with. And that's what we do every day at OmniKey is try to build that culture. That's cool. And exciting at the same time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, we are getting to the end of the sh of the podcast today, and uh, please don't be surprised if I ask you the last question that usually refers to uh, as to the the most philosophical question of all. Uh, but I will be gentle today. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I mean, I, I've I've actually something that triggered my curiosity when we speak about. Um, you know, recommending stuff to people, to users um, or to companies. Uh, there is, in my opinion, kind of a blurred line uh, between, you know, recommending stuff that is indeed or might be useful to people uh, or uh, manipulating their opinion. Um, so what's your thought on that? Great question, Francesco. This, this is a tough, this is a very loaded question, by the way. I'm going to talk to it from a digital advertising <laughs> perspective because there's so much more you could go on this. We don't look at it that way. We look at it as the job of an ad is to communicate in a manner that people want to understand it. And then they also want to receive it where they are. So what it, what we're doing is enabling that with data. We, we're able to deliver that personalized experience. And the technology is enabling, enabling us to do it fast enough that it's meaningful and relevant. So people want communicated this way. So we look at it as just a way to um, it really just improves communication for businesses and it makes their products more effective and takes into account how customers are going to act emotionally that qualitative data would not. I see. 
That was Max Foley, Chief Business Officer at OmniKey, an AI platform that generates analysis and optimizes personalized advertisement for people. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you, Francesco. It's been a pleasure. A, for a new and more interactive experience, I am scheduling hands-on sessions and talks on Twitch. If you want to watch live episodes with real code, visual explanations, and interact with me, feel free to drop by twitch.tv slash data science at home. I'll see you there. You've been listening to Data Science at Home Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.